TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. I wouldn't be stunned if any of them made these to cover trials. I wouldn't be stunned if any of them lost in the first round either, right? Like, there's, this, there's that mix of they're all really good, and I think they're all pretty equal. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to health and matchups which is not a fun answer, but it's going to make, but it, while it's not a fun answer, it will make the next, where well, we got two months until the playoff start, it will make those next two months really fun to watch. Your own Weitzman, Fox Sports NBA writer, just moments ago with Nick and Daryl back on Afternoon Drive. We do have Jerry Dulac of uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, also uh, radio down yonder in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, why the hell they're doing any of this. Uh, that's with Jerry coming up in about... Uh, 20 minutes here, but I thought it was interesting. Like, I, I think he's right about, you know, if you look at the six teams behind Boston, um, and maybe we should go to seven because Miami, you just never know when Miami's going to flip the switch. And they are that team that, like, yeah, they've been the eighth seed for a majority of the season. They still have Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo still really good. This is kind of their Super Bowl. Like, it's funny. Like, this is <laughs> – this is the the second half of the season is the thing that I am I have high expectations for the Cavs. I also am giving room to the fact that this team still could turtle in, in down the stretch here. And the last time I checked, I think they have kind of middle of the road remaining strength of schedule. I think it's like fifteen or sixteen. The last time I checked was like two or three games ago. So it's not the easiest, it's not the the toughest. So you, you look at that, I expect Miami to be in it. Because they just kind of always win at this time. And then, obviously, yeah. in the playoffs, they do things like they did last year. But, like, there are seven teams that are all chomping at the bit here, all with different cases, to have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, like, with the Cavs, like, think about this. So, the um, I think it's the CBS Sports predict- uh, Projections, excuse me, the Sportsline Projections, give them a 55-win projection, a 55-win projection, that they've got a 96.6 chance to win, percent chance to win the division, which means finishing ahead of uh, Milwaukee, and they have a 100% chance of making the playoffs, one of two teams in the East. I can't believe that this team, as of right now, is, is given a 96.6% chance to win the division, considering that at any point Milwaukee and Giannis and Dame could wake up right. and and put things together. And so I, I hope I hope that the Cavs aren't feeling as confident as as some of the projections say they should feel. Well, they, they have a three game lead on the Bucks in the most important category, and that's that's the loss category. You know, the Cavaliers have a two game lead in the division, but it's it's by virtue of one more victory and the fact that the Bucks have uh three more losses than the Cavaliers do. Um yeah, I Hey, look, it'd be nice if, if if the Cavs can can hang on to this thing and and win the division and finish with the second seed. I my goal for them going into the playoffs is for them to be a top three seed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna depending on how things play out here down the stretch. Like I I don't think I'm gonna be too terribly upset if the Bucks come back 
uh, and win this division. But th- things are not well in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, they've got – I mean, they're like how we saw the Browns for a while, like the Carolina Panthers where they're just – they're washing through head coaches, but they're doing it like on a six-month cycle instead of the 12- to 18-month cycle that we see the Panthers in the – in, in, in a decade ago, the Browns, right? Yeah. That's hard on a team. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, and you know, you got Doc Rivers coming in there and he's already like making excuses and stuff like that. Well, and, I just think and, culturally something's missing with the Bucs. I well, realize they've got the trophy in the case and Giannis has won it. I, I understand that. Like he has the, as the analysts like to say, the championship pedigree now because he's uh, won a ring. But like, I, I just, something's off with Milwaukee. So, I do want to transition to where we are with the Cavs in the East because that's a, that's we've talked a lot about it, and I think that now we need to kind of see how they start the, the second half of the season here over the next couple of games and what they do. And, and last night, you mentioned being at the game, the Magic just out-physicaled them and just pushed them around last night. And, I, and, I, and I, in fairness, the loss doesn't really bug me because Donovan wasn't out there. No, it I, bugs me. They I, should have won that game without Donovan. Um, I think it tells you a lot about Darius and where he is right now. Uh, uh, that that we'll agree on. And that can uh, you can either take that as Darius coming off the injury or Darius and his readiness and willingness to like honestly, when when you're just down to one of those guards, the formula is the same. Put three, put four shooters on the court with with that with that point guard or with that distributor. Right. And the, you know, the ratio is a little different because Darius isn't a guy that's going to score 35 points a game. And he's not likely to drop 35, 40 in any individual game. But then he's got to be the guy getting somebody there 35. Yeah. And he's he, got to happen. And it didn't happen last night. And it was sloppy and it was this, that, and the other. So, but the loss doesn't really bug me as much as it bugged you. But. There's something, and this continues to be the thing with JB. And I really want to say, JB, I, I'm, I've tried to ease up on JB over the last couple, the last two months because what he did with Donovan and what he did with, without Darius and Evan was really truly impressive. But I can't, I can't give it all the way up for just 20 regular season games. I need to see more. And and one of the things that I think has to start changing, and you and I have talked about this a little bit is the messaging and how you speak about your team after a loss like last night. And so the loss, that's one game. You you got the you have the Sixers tonight, second half of back-to-back. You probably saved Donovan for this game cuz you feel like it's more important cuz you're battling and jostling for you're more likely right. to be battling for the 2 or 3 spot with Philly than you are Orlando. Yeah. But what JB said, it didn't I I didn't love this from him talking about why they lost and how this thing came about. You know, the whole group coming off the break, you know, it's going to be a little bit back of a ramp up for them. Getting uh, in position to play, you know, 30 plus minutes for those guys who haven't been able to play 30 plus minutes for, you know, almost three months now. You know, it's going to take them a little bit of time to get their legs underneath them. Yeah. Uh, does he think the Cavs were the only team that came off the All-Star break? Were the Cavs the only team that didn't? weren't playing for seven days. Orlando had their legs underneath them last night. I mean, Orlando seemed like they hadn't played – they also hadn't played basketball in about a week. And I guess – so this is my point with JB. JB, I do think one of the best things JB does – and I'm I'm amazed that he's been able to integrate Donovan into this culture seamlessly 
and everybody's still buddy buddy. I, I how the I don't know how you do that. You you had a superstar in another environment. I know Utah's different. Yeah. You brought him in here. He's bought in. He clearly likes the love the in the love fest with the Cavaliers. But I'm just gonna say it, man. Like the chain, the the you know the oh well, hey, every loss ha- there's a reason we lost. Like okay, I want you to win. I want you to contend. And losses like last night, no excuses. I don't care that Donovan was out. The reality is you got bullied, you got pushed around, and you didn't push back. And that's the same reason you got your ass handed to you in the playoffs. And we had a conversation last week. Well, are the Cavs tougher? They have tougher guys there. George Yang is tougher than the sixth man, you, seventh man, eighth man you brought off the bench. Max Struess is tougher than anyone you had in the starting lineup last year. Tristan Thompson's not there right now. Tristan is tougher than than Robin Lopez is. So, like, you've got tougher guys, but the guys that have to be tougher are Jarrett, Evan, and when I say tougher, I'm talking more assertive as well. I'm yeah. not just saying you got to punch somebody in the face. You, you go all Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> but, like, well. but for me, if you go out, just say it. It's not about the all-star break. You got pushed around because your guys let themselves get pushed around. At some point, he's got to look them in the eyes, and he's got to say it in public too. Listen, I love these guys. I realize that last night you're coming off the all-star break, but we got pushed around, and he's got to call back to that New York series. And and this, this, is, this is no longer pre-K. It's no longer kindergarten. It's no longer elementary school. You're in the big show. You're in the professional world now. And the plucky upstart, man, I... I want JB to be here three years from now because, as we saw with the the Bucks, it's easier to get worse at coaching. But man, knock this crap off! If you're the culture guy, what is that? And like this whole kumbaya crap of well, they were coming off the All Star break. The whole league was man, and anybody can see through that. And I get that JB's manner is well. I don't talk out of turn. I don't. I don't. I don't air it out in public. Yeah, at some point you do though. At some point, it does become that. You don't have to do it every day. You don't have to say, oh, man, we're a bunch of wimps. But you do have to say, listen, they pushed us around. It had nothing to do with the all-star layoff. And we got beat at home. And this is now the second time in, was it? About two weeks. Two weeks. We it's, had this because we've, we've, we've had this messaging conversation before. But now it is, now it's like, where's the tightening of the messaging? Where's where's the well, hey we we're in the second half we can't have these kind of losses last night. Well, once again the messaging for coming out of the locker room didn't and didn't come from Donovan. It came from everyone else. Like physicality, uh, you know, bench size. Yes, all all discussed coming out of the locker room. And here's where the Cavaliers lost that game. Outside of committing the turnovers, uh, they had 19 of them, cost them 28 points. Right. Here's where they lost the game. They lost it with the bench. Orlando's bench outscored the Cavaliers 63 to 24. Not done yet. The Magic Reserves accounted for 20 of their 33 rebounds. Both teams had 33 rebounds last night, but the Cavs reserves only had seven. So the guys coming off the bench just absolutely got slapped around. And for it is vastly improved as that second unit has been for the Cavaliers. Because the numbers for the starters, you can you can live with. Like Darius, I, I thought he played a sloppy game in my opinion, okay? But his numbers look good. His first double-double of the season, 18 points, 10 assists. He also had four turnovers, only had three points at halftime. But he came on in the second half. But everyone in the starting lineup had at least 14 points. Three guys had 18. 
you got uh, uh, 17 from Isaac, and then you got 14 from Evan. Um, and Evan also had uh, eight rebounds. But so, like, looking at the box score, the numbers look okay. Like, well, you can live with that. You can live with that production. Mm-hmm. But if you watch that game, it's the same old song and dance. Yeah. The Cavaliers don't like size. They don't like length of any kind and any type of physicality. I mean, the uh, Mo Wagner's one of those guys that if he's on your team, you'll love him. Mm-hmm. But, and JB alluded to this after the game, uh, you know, I, I've never seen a guy perfect the push-off as well as Wagner has. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude was committing offensive fouls every time he touched the ball, and they weren't calling it. Um, and But, like, you, you can't get bullied by people. Mm-hmm. And I just I felt like last night was, once again, another one of those instances. I'll give you, okay, you're coming off the break. You don't have diamond. What, but you could have beat Orlando, and the reason you lost – had at least from my perspective, Nick had less to do with not having Donovan Mitchell because let's be honest about it: what size and length and physicality is Donovan Mitchell bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. Not much, and I and, and I'm not taking anything away from Donovan. You lost the game because you got beat physically again. Mm-hmm. You were careless you, with the basketball. Sloppy, yep. You know, you, you you allowed the 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 pokes and the shoves and the swipes at the ball. You allowed all that stuff to get to you again. Bobby on Twitter, real quick here, saying, uh, quoting me, saying, "I want them to win," and then said, "They've won eighteen of the last twenty-one." Sheesh. Um, yeah, they've lost two of their last three, and so we can go sample size for sample size. And so, you see, this is the point: is that I think there's Cavs fans who the only way that you're going to have any analysis of the Cavs are as if they're losing more than they're winning. And if not, well, they're winning more than... And everything's fine. And, and well, yeah, well, hey, they've still won 80% of their last 10 games. The point is, guys, you have to... Things have to change, and you can't make excuses in the second half. Excuses don't... And when the coaches make excuses, it's unacceptable. The regular season wins and losses matter from a seed perspective, to set you up for the playoffs, but if you're not winning the right way, you're not going to be properly equipped to last in the playoffs. And I know we, we've we all joked about the flipping the switch. Ken and Anthony do that. That's a real thing. Turning up the intensity, turning up your focus, and turning up the internal expectations absolutely does matter. You know when it's not going to matter what they did in 18 of 20 games, 18 of 21 games, about two weeks from now. So I don't want to hear Bobby, I don't want to hear you bitch if they all of a sudden start playing sloppy again. Because by the way, they probably should have been 0 for 3 in their last three games with the way they played that second, uh, that very last game. They they gutted it out, you give them credit for it. But this is a team who all of a sudden you go you can go from the 2C to the 5C in the East very, very quickly there. Jerry Dulac, he joins us next. He covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll ask him if the Steelers are officially in the quarterback wasteland on 92.3 The Fan fan tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I did not have Bette Midler for a reference I was going to randomly make on these airways. We got Epstein Island and Bette Midler inside 90 minutes to start the show. You know what? Let's let our next guest save the show. Uh, no pressure. Jerry Dulac on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He covers uh, the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Steelers Radio Network host, and he's also a KDKA-TV insider. Jerry, welcome to the show. Well, fellas, uh, thank you, and uh, good to be with you. Well, it is great to be great to have you here because I I've been listening a lot to Pittsburgh radio. I listen to a lot of different radio because I love to hear different sports takes, what towns are going through, and to listen to Pittsburgh sports radio right now is wild because I've heard everything from Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett should be back next year, uh, competing for the job. I've heard Baker Mayfield. I've heard Jacoby Brissett. I've heard uh, trading up in the draft. I've heard all these things. I'm just curious. Does this lead me lead me to my question, finally? Are the Steelers officially in quarterback wasteland? No, not what people think, um, including those people who say all that stuff. Um, you know, where they are is uh, they intend to uh, have Kenny Pickett be their starter, and their desire is to sign, re-sign Mason Rudolph and have him come back as the backup. Now, having said that, um, Mason Rudolph is amenable to coming back. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's also open to the free agent market. Um, So what that means is if the Steelers want him, really want him, then they better move swiftly um, to make sure he comes back. Now, there's not going to be any kind of bidding war for Mason Rudolph. You're talking about a number two quarterback, but you're also talking about a number two quarterback who rescued their season, who a lot of the players uh, on this team like, if not prefer, uh, based on the way he and the offense performed in those final four games. And, and so Mason Rudolph, all Mason Rudolph kind of wants to know is will he have a chance to compete for the starting job? He understands that Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter heading to training camp. Uh, But so long as he uh, feels that he is getting a chance to compete for the starting job, he he is content with that. Now, two years ago, he heard the same words out of Mike Tomlin's mouth that there'll be, uh, it'll be an open competition between three guys and Mason Rudolph never got a chance to uh, be involved in that competition. He never took a snap with the first team in practice in training camp. He never took a snap in a preseason game uh, with the first-team offense. So if he still remembers that uh, kind of faulty promise, 
then I don't know if he's going to view what Mike Tomlin said after the season, that there will be a competition at the position. But then, fellas, if you know Mike Tomlin, if you asked him about any position on the team, he would say, oh, yeah, there's going to be a competition because he doesn't like to, quote, anoint anyone. So we'll see how much of a competition there is in training camp, and we'll see how much – first, we'll see how much – Mason Rudolph believes that to be the case. So if Mason Rudolph, if that's the plan to bring him back, what do the Steelers expect to change then with the uh, Pickett and Rudolph dynamic? Well, first of all, in, in terms of the quarterback room, really nothing except that now they need a third quarterback. The Steelers have always believed in carrying three quarterbacks, and they typically like to carry three kind of proven quarterbacks, if you will. Uh, if at all possible. That has been their history, including last year with Mitch Trubisky. Started 55 games. Mason Rudolph had started 11, and now he's started 15. Um, So if Mason Rudolph comes back, then it's, okay, what level of quarterback, veteran, do you bring in as number three? Or do you draft someone, say, around the fifth round and maybe try to groom them as the number three and who knows, maybe one day be the number two? Um, But in terms of what will change, um, that's what they're going to find out. They're going to find out if year three for Kenny Pickett is better than year two. And by that, I mean the Steelers pinned a lot of their hopes for for last season on Kenny Pickett's development, what they saw in the final nine games of um, 2021 when the Steelers went seven and two. Now, um, Mitch Trubisky won one of those games in Carolina, but – Uh, Kenny Pickett developed at the end of his rookie season after a slow start. And so heading into last year, all whatever they thought was possible was hinging on another step by Kenny Pickett, and he never really took it. So now they're going to see where he is in year three. And Mike Tomlin said after the season, it's a huge year, and he emphasized the word huge for Kenny Pickett. And that's because, you know, most NFL teams – aren't going to give a quarterback, especially a number one guy, uh, more than three years to decide, okay, is this our guy going forward or do we have to, um, or do we have to look elsewhere? So this is his offer. This is going to be a big chance for him to show that he is indeed the guy uh, that they want to go forward with. Um, but, I'm, you know, we'll see. And as far as Mason Rudolph, uh, he showed them at the end of last year – if Kenny Pickett gets off to a slow start, fellas, not only are the fans going to be clamoring for Mason Rudolph, internally the players will want to see Mason Rudolph because of what he did last year. I mean, all of a sudden the, the offense went look went from looking like a pathetic offense to almost like an NFL offense. 34 points one game, 31 points another game. They hadn't done back-to-back 30-point games in, I think, since uh, 2019 when they had Ben Roethlisberger. So, um, he showed what that offense is at least capable of, and I don't think they're going to hesitate if Kenny Pickett struggles uh, early in the season, uh, if Mason Rudolph is here, to go to Mason Rudolph, which is why I think this is the best landing spot for Mason Rudolph. Jerry, I'm just uh, a little bewildered at the Steelers approaching uh, the, this handling of the quarterback situation because I look around the AFC and even your division, you got Joe Burrow, you got Lamar Jackson. Uh, who the hell knows if Deshaun will ever wake up? But if Deshaun suddenly pings back to being a franchise quarterback, that's three quarterbacks in your division you got to worry about. Then you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Josh Allen, you got 
uh, C.J. Stroud, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes. There are other guys like Tua. There, there are Trevor Lawrence. What is what have the Steelers seen at any point in the last two years that think Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph? Because here's the thing: we know the Steelers can win ten games with just any little old slap ass as a quarterback. But at what point do, do the Steelers take winning a, a championship again seriously? Because you can't tell me Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett are your your keys to uh, to drinking champagne in February. Yeah, nor will I. And and I agree uh, with your point. And and that's what one they are going to find out if they believe what they believed when they took Kenny Pickett with the twentieth overall pick uh, two years ago in twenty twenty one. Uh, excuse me, 2022. Um, so uh, do I think uh, Kenny Pickett is a marquee elite quarterback? No, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't sit here and tell you if they believe that. But I do believe they think, to kind of your point, that, you know, they can win 10 games with him, maybe 11, and, and you know, get into the postseason and take their chances. But, you know, not every team – gets to have a Ben Roethlisberger or gets to have a Joe Burrow. And when they drafted Kenny Pickett, number one, um, I didn't think he was that guy because he was the best of an average quarterback class. The next quarterback pick wasn't until the third round. And if the Steelers didn't take him at 20, you could have gone all the way down to 31 to find another team that might have wanted a quarterback. So it's possible he could have slipped out of the first round. And it's why I disagreed with that pick two years ago. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett's 14-10 and 10 as a starter. From the end of his rookie season to the beginning of last season, at one point he was 12-5. and 12-5, and five, that's 17 games. That's not a bad season, you know, for, for an NFL team. And, and we're going to see if he is capable of that. And that's why this is his year to show if he can be that type of quarterback. Do I, but do I put him in the company of those other um, uh, elite quarterbacks? And there's only a few of those. Uh, although you mentioned some other good ones, uh, that's what we're going to find out. What does uh, Mike Tomlin's future look like, and are the Steelers a victim of their own stability? Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think his future is really as long as he wants to have a future uh, here in Pittsburgh, and um, they are in no hurry to oust him. Uh, they believe that he is the guy that, that can – take them where they want to go, even though, fellas, they've lost their last five playoff games. They haven't won a playoff game in seven years. It's the longest drought in their history since they first made the playoffs in 72. Um, they've been to one Super Bowl shortly after uh, Bill Coward departed, and they made it to another in 210 that they lost. Um, long time uh, between Super Bowls. That is nothing uh, out of the ordinary but not winning a playoff game and losing five in a row, I don't care what you do during a regular season. At some point in time, your standard certainly has to be greater than a non-losing season. And uh, Mike Tomlin is an outstanding coach. He's 14th all-time in, in career wins. I'm sure he'll be in the, in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. But at some point, you have to decide, okay, are we just going to continue along the same old way, or is it time – to make a change, but I don't believe the Steelers seriously think that, uh, even though Art Rooney said after the season that, um, you know, uh, it kind of the time is running out, their patience, I don't want to say is running thin, but he used that word uh, that um, to, um, 
you know, say that it's it's time to win a playoff game. And yeah, they haven't won one in, in seven years. Uh, once upon a time, the Browns were the most incompetent franchise in the National Football League. Times have changed. So how mad are uh, the folks in Pittsburgh that the Browns have won a playoff game sooner than uh, most recently than the Steelers have? I don't think they are, but as you guys, I think, are aware, it's the first time in 34 years the Browns finished with a better record uh, than the Steelers. So I'm not ready to anoint the Browns as a stable franchise or one that's even more stable than the Steelers because the Steelers have proven year in and year out that they are probably the most stable franchise in the National Football League. But I think the fans are more just disappointed in another playoff failure than they are the fact that, um, you know, that the Browns won a playoff game uh, and, and they didn't. Jerry Dulac on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. The NFL salary cap went up a lot more than expected. A record, 13.6%. The salary cap hits to 255. How does that impact the Steelers' offseason plans? And which of their own free agents do you expect them to prioritize? Well, that's the thing. They they really, they have... You know, if you count Kenny Pickett, they have every starter on offense back. And pretty much barring injury players, um, they have um, everybody on defense back among their starters. So they are in good position. Their their top free agent signings would be Mason Rudolph, who's not going to break the bank. What, two years, 15 million tops. Um, So... I, they, they, you know, Cam Hayward's going to count a lot. They, they cut Mitch Trubisky and uh, Chuksakor for their former starting right tackle, and that saves them nearly twenty million over the next two years in real money. Their quarterback room obviously is very inexpensive, uh, probably the most inexpensive in the league for a number one and a number two because Kenny Pickett's on his rookie contract. So, in terms of keeping their own. One of their other priorities will be their special teams captain, Miles Killebrew, who's a Pro Bowl pick. Uh, he's a free agent, but he's not going to break the bank. So they really don't have any uh, financial decisions in terms of how much money they need to spend to resign someone. So my point is that should set them up pretty well in free agency. All that being said, I don't expect them to be as busy in free agency as they've been the last two years, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if they went out and um, spent some money on a uh, off-the-ball linebacker or some type of um, big-time safety or corner, the safety to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick, or uh, a corner to pair opposite of Joey Porter Jr. So I think it sets them up fairly well uh, to at least spend some money Uh, in free agency, and and you guys, uh, I'm sure, are aware the Steelers are not the type of team and never have gone into free agency and chased down those big money guys. That's not their style, but they're not afraid to go get some of the, you know, maybe the second-tier guys or the guys coming out of their first contract heading into their second and pay them some money, but they never break the bank for one of those uh, high-profile free agent uh, players, and I don't expect them to to start right now. Jerry, a lot of great stuff here. Just want to leave on one final question here. Has T.J. Watt emotionally recovered from not winning the Defensive Player of the Year award? I'm I'm sure he has. You know, obviously everybody in Pittsburgh was disappointed. They're probably more disappointed that the fact that Miles Garrett won it. But what I tell everybody is Miles Garrett played on one of the top five defenses in the NFL, 
And that's one of the reasons why, in addition to his personal stats, and, and of course, the, you know, the double teams, uh, you guys know that he faces all the time. But that's one of the other main reasons why he won that award. And to me, deservedly so. And so, you know, when you're not a, when you are play on a top five defense, you are going to get, and what were they? Maybe they were even top three. But that you were going to get more attention than a guy uh, playing on a defense that ranks somewhere around 14 or 16, despite the fact that T.J. Watt's stats, once again, were, were staggering in, in terms of his sack total. So um, I didn't have a problem with Miles Garrett. Uh, uh, Three-quarters of Pittsburgh did, but I understand why he got it and why T.J. Watt didn't. Jerry, we appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much, and have a great weekend. All right, fellas. Thank you. Jerry like there on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. If Kenny Pickett gets off to a slow start, fellas, not only are the fans going to be clamoring for Mason Rudolph, internally the players will want to see Mason Rudolph because of what he did last year. I mean, all of a sudden the, the offense went, look, went from looking like a pathetic offense to almost like an NFL offense. 34 points one game, 31 points another game. They hadn't done back-to-back 30-point games in, I think, since uh, 2019 when they had Ben Roethlisberger. So um, he showed what that offense is at least capable of, and I don't think they're going to hesitate if Kenny Pickett struggles uh, early in the season. Uh, If Mason Rudolph is here, to go to Mason Rudolph, which is why I think this is the best landing spot for Mason Rudolph. We are laughing. Jerry Dulac, uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, KDKA, TV insider, uh, Steelers radio insider. We are that. Thank you, Jerry. Um, That is beautiful. I not only not only do I think that they should bring Mason Rudolph back on a modest deal because you don't want to. Spend too much money of that salary cap. Um, Kenny Pickett's got to go into the camp as a starter. And I think you take a really strong six-round flyer on a quarterback who's who's could be your Brock Purdy. You never know. I think things are going swimmingly in Pittsburgh. It's worked so well. Why stop now? I mean, think about how stubborn and and full of hubris you have to be as an organization to watch Kenny Pickett play. And in fairness, to watch Mason Rudolph play and think to yourself, either one of these guys is any good. And we're because here's the thing: you haven't won a playoff game since 2016. I'm starting to kind of I'm starting to kind of side with Steelers fans that you should fire Mike Tomlin and everybody else in that organization. Like, listen, I'm all for hey, we keep winning. What's the big deal? But think about it. Think of how much you would win if you had a franchise quarterback. And the math is not changing. They think, well, if we get Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett, maybe we'll be two wins better if they're if they're you know if they can take over the starting spot. Okay, one, there's also a if you can't do that, and two, there is how does that make you any better? The math doesn't change beating Mahomes, Kenny Pickett nor uh, Mason Rudolph are beating Mahomes. Neither of those guys is beating Josh Allen. Neither of those guys is beating. I, I would say Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert's been beat by less. But like. Look Joe Burrow, the, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You can go up against Aaron Rodgers. God, thank you, thank you, Mike Tomlin. And you know what? You're right. You shouldn't big money deals. You shouldn't do it with Russell uh, Wilson. You shouldn't do it with. Uh, don't trade for Justin Fields. Nope, nope. Because that just add. You, you don't don't bring con- in Baker Mayfield. You don't want to confuse or anger or or hurt the feelings of Kenny Pickett. Oh, I think you just keep just keep going. And you know what? Don't put all the pressure on this year. 
give Kenny Pickett four years. All right, you got that rookie contract. He's still in his window. Like, maybe even right now, I don't know the earliest you can pay with a fifth-year option. Pick it up. He's going to be here. You're doing the sensible thing. I was speechless when he said the plan is to bring those guys back. There's a significant part of me that doesn't believe it. I don't don't mean I don't believe Jerry. What I mean is I think that's what the team's telling people. I don't people. I don't know that I officially believe it, but if they do, mana from heaven. Thank you for for making it easier for the Browns next year in this division. Please remind me the definition of insanity. Oh, you love this one, so why don't you say it? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Which is honestly one that, of your favorite sayings, which you repeat again and again and again, and you expect different results. Exactly. Ergo, you're also insane. I, I I could be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. I could be running the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you could be the offensive coordinator. They'll pretty much hire oh, no, no, anybody no, no. They, these they days. They actually fired him. Well, no, but they got a new guy, but they'll they'll fire him shortly. Go be the quarterback's coach. You'll be there. Everybody gets a four-year run. It's like a it's like a, a carousel. Like, all right, Man. these four years with you have sucked. We gave you four years, Matt Canada. All right, okay. We gave you four years, Randy Fickner. Uh, all right, Bruce Arians. Yeah, we won a Super Bowl with you. You, give, you got your four years. Get the hell out. We, we, you're retired now. You know what Jerry sounded like at times? Well, Mary broke out that, well, they haven't scored 30 points in back-to-back games since. He started to sound like someone who used to cover the Browns. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I think, and here's the thing. This is a way where, I, and, I, and I mean the priest Stefanski Barry Brown. Yes, I, I have to. Qual- I have to I have to qualify that. I do think Pittsburgh's delusional, and I'm not. Listen, Yinzers are delusional because genetically they don't have any depth to their genetic sequencing. See, because their cousins are their parents were cousins, or maybe even step siblings, half siblings, full siblings. That's how they do down yonder in Pittsburgh territory. Um, so it's not their fault. They're supposed to be a little wonky because that that's what happens, you know, if you're a byproduct of generations of inbreeding. But when it comes to the Steelers, they're byproducts of hubris, of organizational hubris. Well, that might be how other we can win without a franchise quarterback. You your two Super Bowls came with Ben Roethlisberger. That's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So they they benefited from the game. And now they don't want to play the game again because they're above the game. That's like, well, we don't spend a lot of money in free agency. Okay. They clearly. They there's cl- an arms race going on in the AFC right now, and everybody knows it. And there's two teams that aren't playing the game. One is Kansas City because they got the cheat code in Pat Mahomes. They're not playing it. They're just going to keep drafting and doing the sensible thing. But they've won Super Bowls. The other is the Pittsburgh Steelers who are above spending money in free agency, above bringing in a quarterback that actually could win them a playoff game or more. And nope, we're just going to sit back and we're going to we're going to get you know, hey, Kenny Pickett, you're you're 17. He'll get it eventually. I I just can't believe after years and years and years of just absolutely laughing at the Browns like they have and they've had plenty of good cause to do so. But I don't understand how they don't realize they are perilously close to falling into the abyss, the quarterbackless abyss because they have the yet. Browns fell into. Because like, it's gonna, I feel it's like it's going to take got, one seven-win season for it to happen. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like they've they're in the is it Derek Anderson or Brady Quinn type thing. Like they, that's where they're at, yeah. right? They, they see a little glimmer of hope with each one of these guys, and they're talking themselves into, 
One of these two were going to be our guy. All right, real quick. The Moose from Scapoosh had a hell of a 2007, so I don't want to hear any Derek. Derek Anderson's better than any of those two slap asses oh, there. Oh, of course, but I, you I, remember the battle that was, yeah, you know, the I'm volley saying, back and forth. I, I have not forgotten the Moose from Scapoosh, no matter whether we agree on everything or you not. You just want to say Moose from Scapoosh. That also helps. James Rapine, uh, publisher of All Bengals, Locked on Bengals podcast, Locked on NFL podcast. Next, we'll talk about the Cincy Equation and whether the increased cap helps them keep T. Higgins on 92.3 The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.